everyone. This is the Jay Rolden Podcast Show. It is October 25th, 2022. I hope you had a good day. And I hope that things are going well for you. I hope that whatever it is that you're facing, that you met it with a lot of purpose, a lot of compassion, and enthusiasm. This is the place, if you're new to this live, this is the place where we talk about poems and I share some stories, I show you how I connect with it, and you share some comments, some some feedback. Let me know what it is that you are thinking when I read some of these poems. It is a interesting day today. Lots of things happening, lots of comings and goings, <laughs> lots of interaction. And I have to admit, it's been a little bit of a wearing day for me. And you'll probably see it in my eyes. I feel very tired, actually. <laughs> but I wanted to do this live. I didn't do one yesterday. And I wanted to sort of check in, see how, y- how y'all are doing. Also read some poems, right? One of my things here at, at night, whenever I try to relax after a long, stressful day, is play guitar, read poems, and then play guitar again. <laughs> so that's my way of relaxing. I hope you guys are doing well, and I hope that everything is going smoothly for you. But if it isn't, you came to the right place. This is a place where you can remember <laughs> what it means to be a human being. Hey! Shout out to <laughs> uh, shout out to my girl Kay. Uh, she's um, the one that cuts my hair, so she's really cool. <laughs> really happy you're here. Hope everything's going well for you, and I hope you had a, a wonderful, wonderful evening. And um, well, thanks for being here. This is really nice. Nice to see you. All right, guys. So I got a good set of poems that I would like for you to experience. If this is your first time here, I do ask two things. Get some earphones, get some AirPods, whatever it is that you use to listen to, and go and find a place to relax. Maybe you're at a couch, maybe you're in your patio, maybe you're out in the mountains, maybe you're at the coast or the beach, wherever it is. I want you to get ready to relax and listen to some poems, all right? So after I read these, I want you to share what it is that you are thinking about. Maybe what it maybe there's a particular idea that you have or maybe there's a particular sentiment that you are feeling so whatever it is that you are um going through this is a good place for you to share those things of course if you feel comfortable right so don't share anything that you're not uh, not really comfortable with <laughs> anyway guys you guys ready for these first two poems these are going to be so good all right so stick around and get ready for a nice relaxing evening. Okay, here we go, guys. So the first one I want to read tonight. I read this one about about a, a month ago, and this one's called "Endless Night," and it's fairly new. It's written by a poet who goes by the name of Panda. <laughs> I know it sounds a little bit of a, a strange name, but I promise you, it's actually a really nice poem. And don't ask me why some poets do that. They just come up with these alias, and you know, I know I really don't know. <laughs> why they come up with these names but but it their name is panda so this one is titled endless night all right we're gonna start 
in five, four. See the lonely girl trying to pass the day, hiding her tears behind her curls, and there isn't much to say. Maybe she expects too much. He doesn't love her that way. Her tears roll down that invisible out ocean. It's wet in the pillow on which she lay. She takes him too seriously, loves him from the bottom of her heart. She's trying very hard. Nothing takes them apart. He doesn't know how much she tries. Her impatience drives him, drives her insane. But maybe he's busy? Or is it just his disdain? She knows he is different. He won't hurt her, but everywhere he proves her wrong. She can't cry before anyone, so she silently weeps as she writes this song. Will he realize her worth? Ever treat her right? being loved will remain a dream. Will there be an end to this endless night? Alright, I know that's a sad poem. I apologize, y'all. But as you guys know, it's good to grieve, okay? Maybe you're going through a hard time right now with some of your relationships or people that you know. And you just don't really know why, right? It's it's the like almost innate functionality that we have whenever we like don't understand something, right? Some of us like actually want to inquire and find out. Some of us really don't and just like kind of give up on inquiring. But when it comes to relationships, we always want to know why. Why why did this person want to talk to me? Why did this person want to contact me? Why did this person do X, Y, and Z? And the most interesting part about that whole process is that you just have more questions and it's like now what right <laughs> um but this and this questioning that you have actually the more you actually ask them then the more you realize like it's actually you're excavating your own emotions right you're actually excavating like what it is that you actually feel and why are you feeling that but but we don't actually realize that that's what we're doing <laughs> because we don't we fail to actually see what that has to do with how it affects us rather than like actually um well we that's the focus that you should do right like it's actually understanding like how it affects us rather than you wanting to know 
why that other person did or didn't do some things. And see, a couple of lives ago, those of you who've been following me for a while, you remember me saying that it's really important for you to sort of like train your mind to like put aside your ego. And yes, it's very difficult and it only comes with experience and wisdom to be quite honest. But if you set aside your ego just for a couple of hours at least, right? At least like put it in a place where you can kind of see like, oh, wait a minute, this guy did this or this guy did that or this guy didn't do this and this guy didn't do that. So why am I feeling like this? Am I maybe like Am I tapping into something that occurred that happened to me a long time ago from a previous relationship? Am I trying to shall we say <laughs> really get to the bottom of who you are as a person, right? I can't tell you how many times I've spent thinking about, you know, why is it that someone doesn't want to enjoy my presence? And the more I kept asking that question, the more I realized, like, I wasn't enjoying my own presence. <laughs> I wasn't enjoying my own time. I wasn't enjoying like who I am. And a lot of you already understand my disdain for selfishness, right? And so you have to be very careful with like centering everything around you, right? It's very popular now to say, oh yeah, you do you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You guys already heard me talk about that. But in this case, Rather than like try to focus on like why this other guy didn't do X, Y, and Z, you know, just focus on like your own conduct, right? The way you carry about yourself and like why are you actually reacting the way that you are? Are you actually happy? Are you actually content with your life? Are you actually in a place where you can actually like take whatever challenge that you're facing, including relationships, to its utmost extension of yourself, right? So, those of you who are new to this live, I like to use this word longing for special occasions. And I'll spare you the lecture on like where this word comes from. But just understand that longing is a very unique and a very important word in English. And whenever you express it, whenever you tell somebody I long for you, right? What you're actually doing is you're actually telling them like there's an extension of me that's in you and so the farther you go away from me the more time you go away from me then the more that myself gets sort of extended and stretched and almost to the brink of that it's gonna break and rip which is why whenever you say i long for you you're also reflecting on yourself right you're like you're reflecting like this is how i want you to know that i'm feeling about you right now, right? It's more than just saying, I miss you. It's like, I absolutely 
love and in many ways need your company to return to me so that myself can also return. And I reserve that word, longing for someone dear and special to me, right? That's where I would love for you guys to at least begin to understand like why it's important to reserve certain words for certain people in your life. Don't use it lightly to just everyone, right? I cannot understand, I cannot understand why there's so many people today that will, will use the word love, okay? Love ya as a form of expressing goodbye. No. <laughs> there's so many words that you can say be, to, to, to say goodbye to somebody. Please don't use love <laughs> because that's such, an, uh, that's such a special word. That's such a critical word. You know what I mean? Like, like a, there's a devaluing of that word. I mean, look at all the poems that have we've. I've been reading this these last six months, y'all. Like, look. Did you listen to all the poems that were that you've been hearing? All these poets spend countless time and effort and so much of themselves to write out these words so then when they tell somebody I love you in words right it is absolutely special and meaningful and significant absolutely immersed in every fab fabric of that person's being to let you know that they actually love you so when they tell you, I love you, even if they're saying it goodbye to them especially, they mean it. Because they want them to know that I'm going to be gone for a little bit, but while I'm gone, I'm going to be longing for you so that I can't wait to come back and see you again. Because then I can be, then myself can be whole again. That's how much I love you. That's how much I long for you. So you want to have some self-worth, ladies? Especially with the guys that you're pursuing? Reserve special words for them when it comes time to actually like realizing that this is probably the guy that you can see yourself with for a long, long, long time, if not forever. Don't just use words lightly for everyone. Yes, you probably are very kind-hearted. You're very, you're very like polite. Very, you know, just very. Just want to be polite to everybody, but that doesn't mean that you have to sh should use the same vocabulary with everyone as you would with a, somebody special. Because then, how is how do you know how do you make them feel special, <laughs> right? Don't just rely on actions, right? Rely on words. This is why poetry is so important, guys, because you actually can let them know. Hey, look. I wrote this poem, I read this poem, I knew about this poem, I heard about this poem, and I want you to know about this because this is exactly how I feel about you. Nobody else has this exact same expression for you as I do in this poem for you. 
you know, several years ago, I used to know this beautiful woman, okay? She's just a gorgeous woman. So intelligent. I loved her mind. Just physically beautiful. Just took care of her body. Just a really, really beautiful woman and so polite. You know, she just had this, just this tenderness about her, you know, and just a, a, a truly elegant woman. Woman, sorry. I've only met less than five in my life that I know that 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 I met uh, women that were truly just elegant, just the best definition of elegance I could ever imagine. And I wrote her this poem <laughs> to express how I felt about her, and I'm. I remember when I wrote that, it was only about 15 lines, okay, 15 lines, each line had about four to six words in each line, so it wasn't very long, but I remember spending so much time on that poem, it took me maybe like, I don't know, three weeks-ish to write, and I spent almost every day, like at least two to three hours, or not three hours, but one one to two hours every day writing that, you know, revising it, writing it, revising it. And I got it down to 15 lines, and it was one of the best poems I ever wrote. I, and I mean that with all sincerity. And then I had this thought, should I photocopy it? <laughs> should I take a picture of it? Should I write another similar poem just like it right now before I give it away to her? And for the longest time, I was just wrestling with this idea like should i should i make this copy naturally most people would want to like make a copy right i mean it just makes sense this is your words this is your work this is your time this is your effort this is your being this is your energy this is blah 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 okay this is everything that you spent on these words just for somebody else but of course me being very sentimental and also just in very intentional with people especially the people that I really really I'm interested in I gave that poem to her without making any copies and it was in my handwriting too you know like that's how much like I loved writing this poem like it, it had to be in my handwriting I couldn't type this thing up I wanted her to see like every jagged edge of the pencil that I used while I was writing it, right? Even some of the scribbles, right? Like even some of the erased words. Like I wanted her to see that process, right? And I remember when she wrote it. Oh, sorry, when, I remember when she read it. She was, I could see her eyes. It was one of the most incredible experiences I've had with a woman. I was watching her read my work for her. And every line, it seemed like she was tearing up you know she was getting really really just full of tears and they were tears of joy just so just so everybody knows they were tears of joy and she came to me and just gave me this big hug and then kissed me and I'll never forget that night I know exactly where we were I know what type of lamp was in that room <laughs> I know what carpet embroidery there was that on that floor 
I know the temp room temperature. I, I can still feel it sometimes. But I remember her face the most. And just how like wide her eyes were. She had this beautiful like greenish eyes. And her hair was brunette. You know, shoulder length. And just the way she... Just the way she thanked me was just so majestic. And it was absolutely worth spending all those three weeks just for her, you know? And 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 I told her, I told her, I was like, this is the only copy that I made. And by the way, she's a uh, she she was a literary scholar, so she enjoys those things anyway. And I told her this is the only copy that I ever made because I want her to know that like these words were just for her. And whatever happens, I wanted her to have a piece of me. And at least remember that moment, you know? Sometimes I wish I would have made a copy so that I can put it in my book. But then I realized, no, it's not necessary. I have a lot more words to offer to someone else. A lot more sentiments to also give. And I wanted her to feel very special. So, maybe someday I will have that same practice for someone else. I'm not sure. But to finalize the point here, guys, is that those words that I wrote were just for her. I don't like to use special words for everyone. That doesn't mean that I don't talk politely to everybody. Of course I do. <laughs> right? You can still talk politely and just be kind in general to everyone. Of course you can. You can still make other people feel great about themselves. Okay? You can still be respectful about everybody else. And love in the sense of like, like letting them know that you care for them. Right? But, but, but the special the specialty, the specialness, right? Like, that's what I'm saying is like, there are certain words that are only reserved for people that are close to my heart. I don't talk to my dad the same way I talk to my friends. I don't talk to some of my brothers the same way I talk to my colleagues. I wouldn't talk to my girl if I'm sorry, I wouldn't talk to my girl the same way I would talk to other girls. Does that make sense? So, think about those words, guys. Think about those phrases. Think about how you, what sort of words you use with people. It's special.
and that's why I like poetry. You won't have to ask these questions anymore, right? Just like in this poem, Endless Night. You won't have to ask about your worth. You don't have to question it. You already know what you're worth. You know why? Because you already practice expressing special words for certain people. There's your worth. <laughs> you're absolutely worth, worth it. worry about how other people will react to it if they are react in a negative way don't worry about it you know deep down in your heart that you used special vocabulary for them kind-hearted vocabulary for them tender-hearted vocabulary for them deep rooted sentiment for them Right? So, keep that in mind. That was poem number one. <laughs> Don't you love poetry? It's so great. It's so great, man. Thanks for sharing this live, y'all. Thanks for the likes. Thanks for your comments. And I hope that you guys are enjoying this show. We are going to go do... We're going to do number two here in just a couple... In just a couple of seconds here. I need to get some water, and you guys know the drill. Every time I drink some water, you guys tap that screen. All right? So let's do this in three, two, one. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That's really nice of you. All right. Ready for this next one? This is a happier one. Ready? This is by Scott Sabatini. This one's called So Happy and So Proud. You guys ready? Nushin! <laughs> Thanks, Nushin. That was kind of you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. By the way, guys, if you don't know who Nushin is, she is a very creative painter. Um, I don't know if she'll ever post anything on her TikTok, but I hope that she does one day. She's very talented. And, well, just anyway, just thanks, Nushin, for all of the work that you've done. And, and they're very, very incredible. So I hope that uh, more people recognize your work and your effort. So thanks again for the gift. Alright guys, so this one's titled, So Happy and So Proud. You guys ready? Here we go. We're going to start in 5, 4, Thoughts of you surround me. You're the beating of my heart. The love you give defines me, and my life is no longer dark. You give your hand so sweetly, and I am lost 
if you're away. You have me so completely. And I cherish you night and day. Without your breath, I cannot live. I need your lips on mine. Nothing at all I wouldn't give. And I'll take nothing and be fine. For in your arms I'm always home. So happy and so proud. Never a day you'll feel alone. And I'll yell it out oh so loud. I love you with all my heart. <laughs> That's a cute one. That one's written by Scott Sabatini. The title is So Happy and So Proud. So, a little better than Hallmark cards. <laughs> but I still like it. I still like this very much. It's, it's really lovely. So lovely. Remember, remember when we first did meet. Our hearts rejoiced and skipped a beat. Remember our first kiss goodnight. The hug we shared that summer's night. Remember when we walked the beach. And all our dreams within our reach. Remember how we used to be when I had you and you had me. Remember when we used to talk, when we held hands and took long walks. Remember how we spent our days sunshine and in the rain. Remember when our one desire was take a chance and ignite the fire. Remember the times that made our hearts melt and all of the passion and desire that we felt. Remember when you looked at me and saw the one you love and need. Remember when you reached for me and knew that we were meant to be. Remember 
our love was new. Remember the day we both said, I do. Remember the journey we started together. Remember our love was always forever. Remember the promise we made together to love and to cherish and to care for each other. Remember the promise in good times and in bad. And to make each one happy rather than sad. Remember when you held our child and rocked the baby when I grew tired. Remember the treasured times like these when love grew into family. And remember when the world was bright, when we would laugh and hold on tight. Remember when our hearts were broken, when times were tough and words unspoken. Remember when we grieved our loss, with parents gone and feeling lost. Remember when our love endured the pains and heartaches of the world. What happened to the life we shared? What happened to a love so rare? What happened to the kiss goodnight, the warm embrace, and the love at night? Did it all just happen? How did we right the wrong? I know that in my heart, your arms, I do belong. Can we live our lives together just like it all began? And can we hold and cherish each other and remember our love? Again. The answer is yes. And I know this is going to be very difficult to understand and practice. But y'all, please, I know you've suffered by pains by other people, especially somebody that you were with. I understand. And yes, there's situations where things got extreme and, you know, I sympathize with those situations, okay? Those are very special cases that, you know, that there needs to be some intervention there, okay? But when it comes to things that you're disappointed about, right? Maybe things that don't really have any type of harmful effect on you, right? Yes, you can say yes, you know, mentally, blah, 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 okay. It, it goes both ways. It's not just for women, it's for men too, okay? But you really need to do your best to, like, understand the situation. Like, look at 
what actually happened. Assess it together. Take a little bit of time, okay, to like think about what it is that you both did. But then come back after your emotions have calmed down, right? Come back. Talk about it. What happened? Why did it happen? And apologize. It doesn't matter whose fault it was. Just talk about it. Put your ego aside. Put this guy in here. Wherever your ego is, just flick it. Okay? Just like flick it. Kick it out of you. And try to forgive one another. It is absolutely a life-changing practice. If you forgive, I'm telling you, your world will be so much sweeter, so much better. It's going to be filled with so much peace and joy. You didn't, you didn't even know it was possible. <laughs> but that's what forgiveness does. It absolutely strengthens and transforms people. Right? It transforms people individually first before it, it transforms others. Right? If you have a room full of pained and people that have gone through all kinds of turmoil, do you know how much richer and a lot more bright that room would be with people that actually learn to forgive? One of the greatest stories, one of my favorite stories, okay? One of my favorite, 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 favorite stories. And I've talked about this before, but those of you who are new to this live, listen to this, okay? You don't want to miss this part. One of my favorite stories ever comes from a fictional book, okay? And most of you guys know this by the play, right? Which is called Les Mis, okay? Les Miserables. And if you don't know who the author is, by the way, the author is, he's an incredible writer, okay? And hands down, <laughs> hands down, just, I mean, you should absolutely read all of his work, by the way. But his name is Victor Hugo, okay? And Victor Hugo wrote tons and tons of stories, short stories, long stories, related to the same theme. And his theme was forgiveness, mercy, okay? Mercy and forgiveness. So there's an important scene in the entire Lemmy's story. In fact, that story could not exist if it wasn't for this one important scene. And that scene was when the main character, Jean Valjean, encountered a priest after Jean Valjean was released from prison. And he was on parole, okay? Jean Valjean was a crooked man, a thief, and he was violent. Okay, he was a bad man. He was a he was a really bad man. Okay, and that's why he was in prison, and he served time. But then, when he was when he did his time and he was released, he was still on parole. That same week, as he was heading back to start his life, right? He didn't have... This was like 
you have to understand this is like in the 1400s right so like conditions are like just terrible right they don't we don't they don't have systems like we do now where we actually put at least some ex-convicts ex-convicts through some some type of program so they can go come back to society right to be in, reintegrated but back then no it was like okay you did your time see you later right you have to you, you didn't get money <laughs> like you have to figure out where you're gonna eat where you're gonna stay and hopefully people that you met before are still your friends nobody's gonna pick you up so that's what Jean Valjean did he trotted by himself and tried to figure out okay what am I gonna do with my life right well first day he got out of prison he came about this one this one man that had dropped some money and Jean Valjean didn't tell him about it he put his foot over this coin so that he can keep it for himself and then he saw a boy that was starving and the boy asked him if he had any money and Jean Valjean said no so he lied <laughs> you see like most of these guys right they they perpetually become bad men but later that evening he came across a priest and the priest was this super kind-hearted man just one of the most compassionate guys you could ever meet and the priest saw that Jean Valjean needed shelter right he knew he knew that he was an ex-convict he knew okay the priest sees all kinds of people all kinds of people so he knows exactly what an ex-convict looks like so he knew he invited him to, over to his house gave him food gave him a bath gave him you know shelter a, a bed to, to to sleep in and of course Jean Valjean you know being the rough guy that he was you know he just thought oh yeah here's this foolish priest that's giving me food water and shelter but he has no idea who I am so of course the priest you know was very friendly showed him kind true kindness and then that same evening at dinner right by the way the priest also had servants okay and and when I say servants I mean like people he paid okay not as in slaves but as people he paid okay that actually wanted to be there and work for for the priest anyway so all of his servants all of the priest servants every single one of them had suspicions on Jean Valjean they knew exactly what Jean Valjean who what type of man he was he was a bad man they were all suspicious of him because he was gonna do something bad because he's because he's a convict that's all he saw him as the only guy in the entire room that saw Jean Valjean as not a convict was the priest because he kept talking to him like a human being he kept, he kept not just a human being but he kept talking to him like a man that deserves forgiveness a man that deserves compassion a man that deserves time and effort and mercy so that same evening Jean Valjean saw where the priest kept silverware 
and silver back in the 1500s is very precious it's expensive and you can easily make a lot of money selling silverware and so that night while everybody was asleep Jean Valjean got, got up in the middle of the night found the cabinet where the silverware was hidden and basically started bagging all the silverware for himself and he was gonna run away and basically steal the priest steal the silverware from the priest and guess what happened the priest got up because he heard the noise and he caught Jean Valjean you know what Jean Valjean did he punched him in the face He punched him in the face. The same man that gave him food, water, and a place to sleep. He punched him in the face and knocked him out. And Jean Valjean proceeded to run away with the priest's silver. Guess what happened? The very next day, the French police had caught him, caught Jean Valjean, because they noticed he was carrying silverware in a bag. And the silverware actually had some inscription at the bottom with the priest's crest, okay? Like, like his family, the priest's family crest, okay? That's like sort of like your trademark. That's how you know how property belongs to you, is by having this crest. And of course, the priest—or I'm sorry—the police recognized this crest, arrested Jean Valjean, brought the silverware and Jean Valjean back to the priest, and proceeded to ask the priest, "Do you know this man? Because this man has your silverware. Do you recognize the silverware?" Jean Valjean was obviously ashamed but also distraught that and embarrassed that he had to face the guy that he sucker punched and stole from after he was given hospitality you know what the priest said this is the best part of the entire story guys you know what the priest said Jean Valjean my friend you forgot to take the rest of the silverware. Officers, this was a misunderstanding. Jean Valjean is my friend. And I wanted him to take the silverware so that he can start a new life. Please release him. And the officers were just totally dumbfounded. They didn't understand why the priest would let a man, an ex-convict that was known to rob people and be violent. They didn't understand why the priest did that. But of course, the priest could press no charges. So therefore, the officers couldn't arrest him because there's no charges. 
So the officers left. And Jean Valjean just wept and just cried the entire time, ashamed of his actions, could not believe that he was shown mercy when he could have easily been thrown back in jail and served another lifetime or however long it took. But the priest said, Jean Valjean, from this point on, you are a new man and you will use this silver to begin your life again but you will do it for good because God has shown me mercy so therefore you deserve mercy Forgiveness is transformative, guys. It changes people. And the greatest testimony of love that you can show to another person is by taking away all of their guilt and shame. And enduring them so that they can live a life that is renewed and is absolutely transformed and no longer held by anger, sorrow, depression, bitterness and all of those ideas in your mind that is always screaming it's unfair you're right it is unfair it's unfair that somebody chose to be merciful to you but they did it anyway you know why because they love you and they see the greatest attributes that was designed in mankind which is to love and worship something that is greater than themselves so you're right forgiveness is unwarranted but that's why it's transform transformative because you decide to show it to somebody that doesn't deserve it. You want to know when you need to forgive somebody is when you know that they don't deserve it. That is the hardest lesson you'll ever learn. And not everybody can do this. And it's for many people, it takes a lifetime to, for them to realize what that actually means. And some people refuse it for so long that they take it to the grave to them and they die bitter because they never knew how to forgive somebody or they never they chose not to forgive somebody and I'm sorry that you guys are not gonna like what I'm about to say here but you need to get over yourselves you need to put your ego aside whatever 
pain was caused against you. The moment that you say no, that guy can never be forgiven. You need to be very careful with that because that little seed, that flat that you have in there is going to get worse and it's only going to make you into a sour person. And every single relationship that you encounter after that is going to be affected by that. And you're going to have a hard time finding somebody that wants to be with you because you still harbor those ill will. It's not something that people want to feel and see. But it is absolutely important, guys. I want you to remember this one quote, okay? Remember this one quote. It's very short. It's by a French philosopher and theologian, by the way. Okay, his name is... Um, his name is... <laughs> uh, sorry. Give me one second, one second. His, <laughs> his name is... Rene... Uh, <laughs> I have his book. Wait, wait, wait. Can I see it from here? You know what? I mean, <laughs> I gotta Google this, man. Uh, give me one second, guys. It's called. His name is <laughs> Paul Ricoeur. Dang it! I'm so I'm so upset that I didn't remember him. So his name is Paul Ricoeur. Okay, Ricoeur is spelled R-I-C-U-O-E-U-R. Paul Ricoeur. And he wrote this beautiful this great book it's called the pedagogy of forgiveness here's the quote if you if you forget any free, everything else that i say in this live tonight please don't forget this quote it's very short he said forgiveness is for the unforgivable otherwise it wouldn't exist once again forgiveness is for the unforgivable Please remember that. Try to wrestle with that. And the next time you encounter a challenge that you truly believe that somebody in your life doesn't deserve your forgiveness, be careful because that will absolutely just sour you and hold you back from becoming to your what becoming your fullest potential of being this light this human being that is full of compassion and joy and peace and hope people are naturally attracted to people who are like that people who are just full of confidence and full of joy full of peace and hope you can't have confidence if you don't have peace and hope in your lives that's why you're attracted to those guys because they are absolutely at peace they are absolutely full of hope and they are absolutely full of compassion because they are willing to sit down and talk through the issues that they encounter with you. And they are peaceful people, okay? They will not lash out. 
because they have no reason to. I mean, think about it. A, guy, a man that is full of peace has no reason to be anxious about anything. Not even himself. He doesn't have to question who he is because he knows who he is. So, remember that quote, guys. Forgiveness is for the unforgivable. And yes, I understand there's peculiar situations for some of y'all that you just think that it's never going to be possible. All I got to say is, remember that quote. Forgiveness is for the unforgivable. It has the power to absolutely change and transform someone's life. And including yours. That's right. Anyways, y'all. I love that story. I love that message. And I love that poem. And I'm thankful that I was shown compassion late in my life and I am able to now be the guy that does these lives <laughs> and I am very thankful that I have an opportunity to speak to you all and talk about these poems and share these messages but I must say that The Heavenly Father above has been very merciful to me. And even though I'm not perfect and I have seasons of challenges, for the most part I still have a heart that is at peace and very hopeful actually. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> Alright, poem number three. <laughs> I can't believe we only did two, y'all. Come on now. <laughs> By the way, the title, the title of the poem that I read f 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, I don't even know how long I was talking, uh, is titled Remember When by Marsha Newton. So, Remember When by Marsha Newton. It's a great poem, okay? And the and the and she ends the poem with these questions, okay? Because she's thinking, you know, what happened to all of that love between us? And I answer that for her and you. Okay? It is absolutely possible to reconcile. It is it is absolutely possible. The, the moment that you say that it's not is because you already forgiven. I mean, sorry, you already given up. You've already given up. So it's not forgiveness's fault, and it's not anybody else's fault. It's our own, and that's something that it's not going to be agreeable with many people. It is absolutely our own. That's the reality. That's the truth. 
and as my son would say, no cap. <laughs> anyway, here is a title called Torture of a Forbidden Love by Andrew Degen or Deegan, Deegan, Andrew Deegan, Torture of a Forbidden Love. Here we go. Ready? The beauty of an angel is never what it seems, but is more, more than the eye can see. Her heart is made of gold, untouchable by those who greed, yet still soft as a feather might be, and her eyes go unnoticed by those who know her best, but I know what they hold inside them, that little twinkle like the diamond dust it is, gives a shine brighter than the sun itself. Her heart is as pure as heart can possibly be. God's torment? Why do you torment me so? With this foolishness, I see her beauty like no one else can. I would comfort her when the need be, though she doesn't know I'd take her hands and hold them and help them through anything, anything at all, and my heart longs to hear what she might say if I took her hands in mine. Real quick, I gotta say hi to my Spanish community. Bienvenidos ustedes. Estoy, estoy muy agradecido por ustedes. Gracias por estar aquí. Y bueno, voy a leer un poema en, en castellano aquí pronto. Así que ojalá que estén aquí en vivo, en directo conmigo. Un gran abrazo para ustedes. Y bueno, gracias a Dios por, por esta noche. Y, y que, les, que Dios les siga bendiciendo su vida. Así que muchas gracias por estar aquí. Ok. So, that was titled... Torture of a Forbidden Love by Andrew Deegan. So nice, huh? Alright. So, to my English speakers, are y'all okay if I read a couple of poems in Spanish? Is that is that cool with y'all? I don't want to, <laughs> you know, leave you guys uh, hanging here, but... Alright, because after I read the Spanish poems, I have some really great English ones right after. You, you don't want to miss the English ones. They're going to be so good, guys. You're, seriously, don't miss the English ones, okay? 
Okay. So we're gonna do a couple of Spanish ones here, and then afterwards we'll do a couple of English ones. Okay. Okay. So this is sonnet number thirteen. <laughs> sonnet number thirteen by the master Palo Neruda. Ready? Here we go. La luz que de tus pies sabe a tu cabellería. La turgencia que envuelve tu forma delicada no es de nada nazar marino nunca de plata fría eres de pan de pan amado por el fuego la herina levantó su granero contigo y creció incrementada por la edad venturosa cuando los cereales duplicaron tu pecho mi amor era el carbón trabajando en la tierra. Oh pan, tu frente, pan tus piernas, pan tu boca, pan que devoró y nace con luz cada mañana. Bien amada, bandera de las panaderías. Una lección de sangre de ti dio el fuego. De la harina aprendiste a ser sagrada y del pan el idioma y el aroma. Qué bonito, ¿no? Qué poema tan exquisito. Okay, here's the second one. Here's the second Spanish one, okay? This is sonnet number nine by Pablo Neruda. ¿Listos? Aquí vamos. Tengo hambre de tu boca, de tu voz, de tu pelo. Por las calles voy sin nutrirme, callado. No me sostiene el pan, el alba me desquicia, desquicia. Busco el sonido líquido de tus pies en el día. Estoy hambriento de tu risa resbalada de tus manos color de furioso granero. Tengo hambre de la pálida piedra de tus uñas. Quiero comer de tu piel como una intacta almendra. Quiero comer el rayo quemado en tu hermosura. La nariz soberana de, del arrogante rostro. 
Quiero comer la sombra fugaz de tus pestañas Y hambriento vengo y voy olfatiendo el crepúsculo Buscándote, buscando tu corazón caliente Como un puma En la soledad de Kitratue ¿Qué les parece? ¿Les gustó? Qué bello, ¿no? Qué lindo. Qué lindas palabras. Qué hermosura. En cada letra. ¿Cierto? Qué bonito. Alright, guys. To all my English. We're back to English now. I hope to all my Spanish speakers. Espero que lo disfrutaron. I hope that you enjoyed it. Before we leave tonight, I'll do a couple more of Spanish ones but I want to continue with the English um, portion here alright so here's my promise about some of these good good ones in English this one is written by Edna St. Vincent Millay okay so Edna St. Vincent Millay and this one's titled when I too long have looked upon your face you ready you don't want to miss this one When I too long have looked upon your face, wherein for me a brightness unobscured, save by the mists of brightness has its place, and terrible beauty not to be endured. I turn away reluctant from your light and stand irresolute a mind undone a silly dazzled thing deprived of sight from having looked too long upon the sun then is my daily life a narrow room which a little while uncertainly surrounded by impenetrable gloom among familiar things grown strange to me making my way I pause and feel and hark till I become accustomed to the dark I don't know if you were, were understanding what's happening in this poem. So this is basically the moment that she's kissing her man in the dark. Right? It's like this, just this sweet sensation of kissing the man that she loves. Right? It's almost like you're timid. You're a little bit nervous. 
you know that it feels right. And you know this because even though you're in the dark, you feel safe with him. And so you come become accustomed to the dark. Right? You're getting your body's getting used to it so that you don't longer have to fear, right? That's the fear basically being whipped away from you. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the sensuality and the true genuineness of a kiss. It's majestic. It's purposeful. It's intentional. It's compassionate. It's truth. There's actually a Proverbs in the Bible that actually says the truth is like the kiss on the lips. so special now I'm going to say something here that is definitely not going to be <laughs> agreeable to many many people but you know how I, was, how I was making the argument about reserving special words for certain people well that same practice should be also done for your body Yes, I know it's not popular. Yes, probably going to get a lot of backlash here, but there's something very important about your body that you need to take care of it and only offer it to someone that is meaningful to you. Truly, truly meaningful to you. Don't do it because you feel like, oh yeah, he's been really nice to me, therefore. No. <laughs> a man that is wanting you, desiring you, and potentially wanting to love you, right? They will wait. They will wait and they will enjoy your company just by being in the same room with you. I promise you that. That is an absolute truth that not many men will admit. And some of us have been so malnourished spiritually speaking that we think this is the only way we can feel desired is when a woman offers herself to him and don't get me wrong when it's with your significant other absolutely that is absolutely true but before then no that's not true a man needs to have that identity for himself before he gets to know you he should know who he is before he gets to know you. So he doesn't need and desire your body. Truly. I'm, I'm, I'm too, I'm, this is like really important information, guys, that a lot of ladies don't realize this. Okay? A man that is full of hope and joy and peace, they already know who they are. So they don't need a woman to validate them. And I mean that with a lot of respect, by the way. Okay? Men, once again, let me repeat this. Men who are full of peace, joy, and hope in their lives. They have full confidence in themselves that they don't need a woman. They really don't. Okay? That doesn't mean that we don't desire companionship. We do. And we know what it can do for us. But mostly because 
we want to when we are ready to share our lives with somebody then yes I want you to be my companion and I'm going to provide for you and I'm going to support you and I'm going to lead you but you're going to be by my side the whole time right and you're going to help me as much as I'm going to help you so reserve your body your kisses right for someone that is meaningful to you because once again ladies once again a man that is full of hope peace and joy in their heart will wait because they will enjoy you you as in an actual woman I just want to sit down and have coffee with you. <laughs> let's go for a walk. Oh man, let's take a spontaneous hike trip or something like that. Right? Something. Oh, let's check out a concert or let's just sit on the bench. Let's chill. Right? Let's just listen to music. Let me read you some poems. <laughs> oh, you want to make dinner for me? Sweet. <laughs> yes, please. I would love to eat. <laughs> so the title of that poem is when I when I too long have looked upon your face by Edna St. Vincent Millay it's a great poem you're welcome <laughs> all right Good stuff, y'all. Good, 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 good stuff. All right. Let me see something real quick. All right. So here's one called A Psalm of Life by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Are you ready? Yes. Let us engage in this wonderful work of art by the great and the prestigious and the ever-wise Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. A Psalm of Life What the heart of the young man said to the psalmist What the heart of the young man said to the psalmist. Tell me not in mournful numbers. Life is but an empty dream. For the soul is dead that slumbers. And things are not what they seem. 
and life is real and life is earnest and the grave is not its goal dust thou art to dust returnest was not spoken of the soul not enjoyment and not sorrow is our destined end or way but to act that each tomorrow find us farther than today art is long and time is fleeting and our hearts though stout and brave still let muffled drums are beating funeral marches to the grave in the world's broad field of battle in the boviac of life do not like dumb driven cattle be a hero in the strife trust no future however pleasant let the dead past bury its dead act act in the living present heart within and god overhead lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing leave behind us footprints on the sands of time footprints that perhaps another sailing over life's sol solemn main a forlorn and shipwrecked brother seeing shall take heart again let us then be up and doing with a heart for any fate still achieving still pursuing learn to labor and to wait That was titled A Psalm of Life by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Hope you enjoyed that poem. It's a great piece. Dust thou art, to dust returnest, was not spoken of the soul. I know I've said this before to everyone here. If you ever go hiking, if you ever go out and just go into the wilderness and just look out into the wilderness, right? Look at the valleys, look at the mountains, look at the oceans, look at the rivers, look at the skies, wildlife, all of these things, all of these things. It's so grand, it's so incredible, it's so beautiful. Can you imagine how all of these things all of these beautiful landscapes, all of this wildlife, all of this natural 
formulations. Can you imagine if all of this was intricately designed? Because all of these have patterns, by the way, okay? All of these have systems. So there is a design element in there, okay? Whether you agree with it or not, there's a design element in there. So if there's a design element in there, then there must be a designer, right? That's the logical equivalent. But the point is here, if this was all designed, what does that say about you? Can you imagine how much more precious you are in this beautiful world that we live in? This beautiful system, this beautiful, intricately, delicately, and magnificently designed world? What does that say about you? Do you, know, do you know how much more time and more beautiful, more intricately designed, and much more significant and relevant you are? My goodness. Come on. Here's something that I was sharing with my students today, something called Ideal Forms. And I encourage you all, all of you to look this up, okay? Ideal Forms is a concept that was first initiated by, in terms of like talked about, by Plato. Plato himself, right? And he came up with this idea, and it, he didn't really come up with it, he just basically just discovered it, right? There's a difference between inventing and discovering. So he just discovered it. And so I'll try to make this as simple as possible because it can be a little bit confusing. But he talked about something called ideal forms. And that means that even beyond our language, even beyond our thought, even beyond our reasoning, even beyond like our souls, there are absolute ideal forms that exist. Things that are because that's how they are because they were designed like this by some thing or someone an ideal form is the actual like physical unpenetrable undeniable fact of forms so what's an ideal form well it can be trees it can be mountains it can be wildlife it can be people it can be everything ideal forms are everywhere but if you have an ideal form then that means there must be an, an ideal former you understand things don't just happen just because they do happen no they have an intricate ideal form that's how logic works that's how we experience things. That's how relationships are many times formulated, actually. <laughs> and so we are an ideal form. Something designed us to be reason-oriented, but also sentimental. A goal-getter, and also appreciative of what you have someone that strives for truth and also people that are already comfortable with the information that they found and so they rest on peace and hope right people who 
are quick and people who are already at a standby, people who are fast and people that are slow, right? Like, all of these are part of the ideal forms. Anyway, point being is, you are much more special, important than everything else that is designed in this world. Alright? So, that was titled A Psalm of Life by Will by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Let me read one more actually. And this one is titled Let's see, let's see, let's see. One second. second <laughs> all right so this is by an anonymous poet this one's called what I live for you guys ready here we go I live for those who love me, whose hearts are kind and true, for the heaven that smiles above me and awaits my spirit too, for all human ties that bind me, for the task my God assigned me, for the bright hopes left behind me, and the good that I can do. I live to learn their story, who suffered for my sake, to emulate their glory, and follow in their wake. Bards, patriots, martyrs, sages, the noble of all ages, whose deeds crown history's pages, and time's great volume make. I live to hail that season By gifted minds foretold When man shall live by reason And not alone by gold When man to man united And every wrong thing righted The whole world shall be lighted As Eden was of old I live for those who love me, for those who know me true, for the heaven that smiles above me and awaits my spirit too, for the cause that needs assistance, for the wrongs that need resistance, for the further, for the future in the distance, and the good that I can do.
Isn't that lovely? Now at last I have come to see what life is. Nothing is ever ended. Everything only begun, and the brave victories that seem so splendid are never really won. Even love that I built my spirit's house for comes like a brooding and a baffled guest. And music and men's praise and even laughter are not so good as rest. If I can stop one heart from breaking, I shall not live in vain. If I can ease one life the aching, or cool one pain, or help one fainting robin unto his nest again, I shall not live in vain. Thoughts by Hannah Flagg Gold. Listen to this one, y'all. Eyes say, Why were ye given your sight? Your full blue orbs with their roll and their light, which your lids of the lily with violet tinge. So often of late, with their long dark fringe, from their folds in your arcs descended to shade. Ye have told many things, but not why ye were made. We were made to delight in the beauties of earth, then to see how they perished, how little they're worth. They are changing, elusive, uncertain and brief, from the flower's opening bud to its soon withered leaf. The birth of their being is joined to decay, they flourish, allure, and expire in a day. On the things like ourselves, with delight we have shown, we have studied their language, found it our own. But the offspring of grief would extinguish their light, and the spoiler's pale hand lock them up from our sight. The offspring of grief would extinguish their light, and the spoilers pale, handlock them up from our sight. Or, keener, far keener, they'd let us behold their looks turning from us, unfeeling and cold, 
bequeathing this line as we saw them depart. We go not alone, but are drawn by the heart. For things such as these, and still more where were we made, for watching, for aching, to sink and to fade, to pour forth in silence the waters of sorrow, then to close in a night that will bring us no morrow, and wherefore were you, ye thick locks, that were laid in the clustering curls or the bright sunny braid? shine in our pride over the temples while arresting the eye and affecting the smile then loose unadorned and neglected to go while the dark clouds of care shed upon among us their snow to be screened from life's storms by the marble and willow rest thinned and dampened on a cold earthly pillow. Ye withering roses that bloomed on the, sh on the cheek, say, what was your purpose? And what do ye speak? Our errand was short, we've accomplished our duty and shown how vain and how fleeting is beauty. And thou wasting form, once so buoyant and free, so fair and so flexile, come, say, what of thee? Like the insect that sports out its warm summer's day, or the atom that floats on the bright solar ray. I have shown mid the glitter of fashion and pleasure. I have flitted my hour and have filled up my measure. I have borne on the bright chaplet and the six graceful fold. Have decked myself out in rich fossils and gold. Gay colors have clothed me and I've worn the light plume to enliven my path to the verge of the tomb. Yet I knew all the while I was transient and frail. I felt myself sinking, my energy fail. And I knew that the canker was trying his power, that his tooth had begun at the heart of the flower, that to his purpose. He'd finish my fall to the final abode, the asylum of all. If such be the end of each perishing part, immortal, invisible, tell what thou art, thy business, what thou dost hope to inherit, thou restless, aspiring, unsatisfied spirit. 
What my nature may be, there is none that can know. But the being above, to whose presence I go. But I have dwelt on this earth, and its joys have embraced. Till I found myself wounded, deceived, and disgraced. Its flowers, when I touched them, would wither and fall. I tasted its cup, but twas mingled with gall. Allured to its landscape, the serpent or snare I found was concealed and awaited me there. That the rainbow hung over it, so bright to my eyes, at best was but vapor, or tears in disguise. I have lent on this world, till with anguish I feel it is harder and colder and keener than steel. Only constant to change and to falsehood, but true, it stabs while it kisses and smiles to undo. But for me the deceit of its visions are over. They shall wound and enslave and ensnare me no more. For faint, torn, and bleeding, I turn from the earth and look up in faith to the realm of my birth. I know there's a sun with a glorious light, with beams full of healing to burst on my sight, dispelling the shadows of sh sorrow and I know that I, a balm, a physician is there. That country, that home, the unsatisfied, unsatisfied spirit, he sighs to recover and hopes to inherit. <clears throat> that was titled Thoughts by Hannah Flag Gold. I think that deserves some likes. Holy crap, thank you so much for that.
Did you guys like it? Alright, y'all. I'm gonna do one more. And then I gotta go to sleep. Is that cool? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your kind words, guys. I love your messages. Thank you so much. I really take them to heart. And to my Spanish speakers, muchas gracias por estar aquí. Un gran abrazo para ustedes. Y bueno, que Dios les bendiga y que Dios les siga bendiciendo. Y bueno, estoy muy agradecido que están aquí. Voy a leer un último poema y espero que lo disfruten. Okay? All right. So, before I go, I gotta do one in Spanish for my Spanish speakers and then I'll end it with an English one. All right? All right. Here we go. Listen to this one. Escuchen esto. ¿Listo? Si no fuera porque tus ojos tienen color de luna, de día con arcilla, con trabajo, con fuego, y aprisionada tienes la agilidad del aire. Si no fuera porque eres una semana de ámbar. Si no fuera porque eres el momento amarillo en que el otoño sube por las enredaderas y eres aún el pan que la luna fragante elabora paseando su harina por el cielo. Oh, bien amada, yo no te amaría. En tu abrazo yo abrazo lo que existe. La arena, el tiempo, el árbol de la lluvia. Y todo vive para que yo viva. Sin ir tan lejos puedo verlo todo. Veo en tu vida todo lo viviente. That was sonnet number seven by Pablo Neruda. Ese fue el sonedo, soneto número siete por Pablo Neruda. Espero que lo disfrutaron. Gran abrazo para ustedes. Okay. All right. So all my English speakers. I'm going to do one final one. you guys will like this one. Ready? All right. We're going to start in five, four, three. from the night around me. The river mingles its stubborn lament with the sea.
deserted like the wharves at dawn. It is the hour of departure, O deserted one. Cold flower heads are raining over my heart, O pit of debris, fierce cave of the shipwrecked. In you the wars and the flights accumulated, and from you the wings of the songbirds rose, and you swallowed everything like distance, like the sea, like time. In you everything sank. It was the happy hour of assault and the kiss, the hour of the spell that blazed like a lighthouse, pilot's dread fury of a blind diver, turbulent drunkenness of love. In you, everything sank. It was the happy hour in the childhood of my mist, my soul winged and wounded, lost discover in you everything sank. You girdled sorrow, you clung to desire, sadness stunned you, in you everything sank. And I made the wall of shadow draw back beyond desire and act. I walked on, O oh, flesh, my own flesh, woman whom I loved and lost, I summon you in the moist hour, and I raise my song to you. Like a jar you house the infinite tenderness, and the infinite oblivion shattered you like a jar. There was the black solitude of the islands, and there, woman of love, your arms took me in. There were thirst and hunger, and you were the fruit. There were grief and ruins, and you were the miracle. Ah, woman, I do not know how you could contain me in the earth of your soul, in the cross of your arms. How terrible and brief was my desire of you, and how difficult and drunken, and how tense and avid. Cemetery of kisses, there is still fire in your tombs. Still the fruited boughs burn, pecked at by birds. Oh, the bitten mouth. The kissed limbs, oh, the hungering teeth, oh, the entwined bodies. 
decoupling of hope and force in which we merged and despaired. And the tenderness, light as water and as flower, and the word scarcely begun on the lips. This was my destiny, and in it was the voyage of my longing. And in my longing fell, in you, everything sank. O pit of debris, everything fell into you. What sorrow did you not express? In what sorrow are you not drowned? From billow to billow you still called and sang, standing like a sailor in the prow of a vessel. You still flowered in songs, you still broke in currents, O pit of debris, open and bitter well. slinger, lost discoverer, in you everything sank. It is the hour of departure, the hard cold hour which the night fastens to all the timetables and the rustling belt of the sea girdles the shore. Cold stars heave up, blackbirds migrate. Deserted like the wharves at dawn, only the tremulous shadow twists in my hands. Oh, farther than everything, farther than everything. It is the hour of departure. O oh, abandoned one. <sighs> Holy crap. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Carol. Much love, much love. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sakura. Arigato gozaimasu. Um, Y'all, this has been a lovely night. I hope you all enjoyed it. I put so much heart and soul into this thing. But I do it out of pure passion. I just want to always reiterate that. I know more, a lot of you know this, but those of you who are new... I do this out of pure passion, okay? I don't have an agenda. I just, I love poetry. So, come back, all right? Come back. We'll try to do this again. I don't know if I'll be able to do it tomorrow night, guys, but I'll probably, I'll try to do it Thursday night, okay? So if I don't see you tomorrow, I hope to see you Thursday. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. I hope you do it with a lot of purpose, a lot of intention, a lot of mercy, 
and grace. Don't forget about that word, okay? Don't forget about the quote. Forgiveness is for the unforgivable. I'm going to be posting this live on my podcast. Those of you who are new to this live, I have a podcast on Spotify. So go to Spotify and search for J. Rolden Speaks. If you don't know how to spell Rolden, just look at my TikTok um, main page there and you'll see my name, J. Rolden, and then add in the word Speaks and you'll see a profile picture of this interesting face. All right. Please follow the Spotify account. It's great content, y'all. I really, really want you guys to just play a lot of these poems at night or during the day whenever you need some peace and comfort. And there's some really great, great messages in there as well. So go check it out. I really would appreciate it. And once again, as you guys per usual know, if I don't see you again, just know that my life has been fulfilled. I am at peace and I am absolutely full of confidence of where my soul will be. But until then, I hope that these poems and these videos that I've been posting leave a long-lasting impression for many people, especially for my family and hopefully the children of their children and their children. So, I hope you guys get some rest. Muchas gracias a todo, a la comunidad latino. Gracias por estar aquí. Y bueno, gran abrazo para ustedes. Que Dios le bendiga. Y si Dios quiere, nos vemos pronto, muy pronto. Quizás el jueves, si no mañana. Pero que lo pasen súper bien mañana. Y que Dios le bendiga. Okay? Muchas gracias por su sintonía. And once again, thank you to everybody. Thank you for the gifts, by the way. Carol, uh, Leticia, and um, um, Nushin, and so many other people. I'm so sorry if I forgot your name. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but thank you for the gifts. Thank you for the likes. All right, guys. Have a good night. <laughs>